This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to an exhausting episode, 538 of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast Nerds. My name is Matt Baum. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. In this week's episode, we're reviewing a bunch of Wednesday, July 24th's new comics, but first... San Diego Comic-Con exploded nerd news all over the internet, and we're going to try and make some sense of this mess. After that, we're going to review 10 of this week's comics, because we ain't got no time for spotlight reviews, and then we'll stop by the THN Sanctum Sanctorum briefly, where we're talking about our picks for next week and playing with our soul swords, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's all happening on this THN SDCC Nerd News Roundup Edition of THN Episode 538! Yee-haw! <laughs> Nerd Wrap Up! Roundup, sorry. <laughs> we're going to get started with uh, Image, who, as far as I could tell, made exactly one announcement. <laughs> and that was to reveal a book that had already been announced. Scott Snyder, Charles Soule, and Giuseppe Camincoli's Image Comics creator-owned series has formally been revealed as Undiscovered Country. Set to launch this November, Undiscovered Country is framed as an ongoing series that will, quote, explore the eerie ripple effects of isolation, end quote. See, now here I thought this was the comic book adaptation of Star Trek VI. Star Trek VI Undiscovered <laughs> yeah, like, we're revisiting that now. Okay. <laughs> Undiscovered Country is set in a future where the U.S. has erected walls and isolated itself from the rest of the world. After decades of seclusion, a small international expedition ventures inside the walled-off country in a desperate hope to find a cure to a pandemic plaguing the rest of the world. What they find, according to Image, is a vastly different version of America. Whoa. So it's like they built the walls to keep us in. Whoa. Yikes. Oh, hey, sounds good. I like, you know, Charles Soule, I can take or leave usually, but I like Scott Snyder and I love Giuseppe Camengold. I do too. Uh, I think they're not announcing anything because they do all that at the Image Expo. Yeah, they have the Image Expo. And that's coming up. Yep. Okay. Moving on to DC, Eisner winning Mr. Miracle creative team Tom King and Mitch Garrods and artist Evan Shaner was there too, will create Strange Adventures for DC, a new series starring Adam Strange that appears to grapple with dark questions of the Rand Thanagar War. This series of unspecified length will debut <laughs> in 2020. So it's like, hey, we've got an idea for this series. And they're like, go out there and announce it. Just, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we didn't bring anything. <laughs> we didn't bring any notes. I love Adam Strange. I do too. And I love the whole Ram Thanagar And he is like in the classic Silver yeah, Age man. looking costume. It looks great. Yeah. There's um, no reason to update it. it. Totally down. Me too. Uh, moving on to Marvel, because... We're going to be here for a while. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're like, we're going to win this one. <laughs> uh, first off, Marvel is planning one of those big special end of the year one shots, kind of like those point one one shots they had done a few times. Right. Uh, in December 2019, that will, quote, catapult Marvel, quote, into the next year. <laughs> okay. I don't know. All right. We got two sets of quotes. All right. Framing it as the fourth major 2019 event after War of the Realms, House of X, Hawks and Pox, and Absolute Carnage. This as-yet-untitled one-shot will serve as a launchpad for several new series coming out in 2020, according to David Gabriel. Marvel plans to announce more on this project in, quote, eh, four or five weeks. Okay, do you see how they snuck Absolute Carnage in there? Oh, they're pushing that big time. You're talking about the War of the Realms, which was massive. Mm -hmm. Hawks and Pox, which, huge, gigantic. Yeah. Absolute Carnage. Look... Whatever you feel about it, I know Marvel is pushing yeah, it. I think it's going to be great. Big time. Donny Cates is behind it, and that fucker made me like his Venom series. Yeah. So, God. Seriously, man. It's embarrassing. I know. I, know. <laughs> uh, I don't I mean, this isn't especially newsworthy, but I always kind of got excited for those one shots. Right. Because it was like, ooh, a sneak peek. Yeah, I, I suppose, but they, you know, notoriously... They're kind of expensive and they don't give you much. And it's true. It's, you go, what, was what was that? What was that? Wait true. a minute, what's that? <laughs> Events related to classic Marvel concepts 
and storylines like 2099 and Annihilation were teased. Donny <laughs> Cates is somehow involved with Annihilation, which, which resurrected Marvel's line of cosmic heroes in 2006. Nick Spencer is attached to 2099, the classic version of Spider-Man 2099, recently reappeared in Amazing Spider-Man number 25. Look for both of whatever these are to start in November. Marvel pointed out that in 2019, it's both Marvel's 80th anniversary and 80 years before 2099. Whoa. Whoa. The future is now. I mean, didn't we just had Spidey 2099 in his own series? He had series. his own ongoing series. Running around in Las Vegas. Not that long ago. Yeah, I mean, well, That was really. Scarlet Spider. But oh, yeah. no, you're right. That was Scarlet Spider. Uh, yeah, I mean, but whatever. I love 2099. Sure. So I'm into it. And it, like, there's no reason why they can't do cool 2099 stuff the same way that they're doing like the 4000, you know, AD or 4002 or whatever it is in uh, over at Valiant, where you have this oh, whole yeah, yeah. section like the of, of the Valiant universe that yeah. is happening in the future. Sure. Do something like that. Let them touch, you know? I'm in. We're going back to the Spider-Verse yet again in a new series by writer Jed McKay, drawn by a host of artists, including Juan Frigeri, Art Adams, Stuart Immonen, and Stacey Lee. Covers. No, you're not getting any more than covers, mm, Martin. I don't know. No way. Uh, no release date yet. Marvel announced this like it was a big deal, as though they haven't been doing Spider-Verse yeah. stories every six months for right. the last three years. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> wow. Hot off the heels of her return. To the spotlight in Amazing Spider-Man 25, MJ Watson is announced to be starring in her own solo title for Marvel Comics. I wonder where they got that idea. The Amazing Mary Jane, ongoing writer Leah Williams, and artist Carlos Gomez. I don't know Carlos Gomez. I don't either. We'll pick up on that storyline and the new connection with Mysterio. No release date yet. A Mary Jane ongoing series is a bold move. <laughs> okay, here's why it works for Lois Lane. Because Lois Lane... He's a very interesting character with a very important job that plays a huge part of the sure, DCU. Yeah, yeah. I am not discounting Mary Jane. I like her as a character. Yeah, I love Mary Jane. Do I think her character as, is as important to Spider-Man as, say, Lois Lane is to Superman? No. Mm -hmm. Well, they did set up a fun storyline for her in that recent Spidey issue where she gets, she gets a, a return to her acting career. Okay. But it's something shady's going on and Mysterio's involved. They so, want to do porn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hella butt stuff. It happens. Yeah. You get older, they start asking you to do tickle videos and stuff. <laughs> Leads no. straight to porn. Yikes. <laughs> Long time Fantastic Four foe Dr. Doom will star in his own ongoing series from Holt and Catch Fire creator Christopher Cantwell and artist Salvador La Roca. Crazy. <clears throat> the series will debut later this year. Here is your solicit. Victor Von Doom, scientist, sorcerer, disfigured face, twisted soul, has been spending much of his time warning against a trillion-dollar global effort to create the first artificial black hole. Wrestling with visions of an entirely different life, a better future, Dr. Doom finds himself at a crossroads. What is he questioning? A catastrophic act of terrorism kills thousands and the prime suspect is Doom! Victor will have to push his unexplained thoughts aside and focus on remaining alive as the title of most wanted man is thrust upon him. Left with no homeland, no armies, no allies, indeed nothing at all. Will the reign of Dr. Doom come to an abrupt halt? This sounds totally kick-ass. Yeah, it will, because you just said he has no homeland left. <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. Well, I, mean, I just I think they mean like his time on Earth. Period. Oh. Mm. This sounds kick-ass. Yeah, totally. I'm a little nervous whenever TV writers come in to, you know. I don't think this is his first comic, to be honest. What's his name? Uh, Christopher Cantwell. I think I've seen his name come up. I feel like I have heard that places. name. I don't know. Uh, but Halt and Catch Fire is a great show. It is a fantastic show. Yes. I'm not that into Salvador La Roca, but whatever. I, you know what? He's lately, I feel like he has been slipping back into what I liked about him a little more. He was slipping back into what I hated yeah. about him in 2008, 2009. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan Hickman's post hawks and pox plans have been announced with six new ongoing titles spinning out of the weekly series. X-Men number one hits October written by Hickman penciled by Lenny Francis. You a new era dawns for the X-Men. The X-Men find themselves in a whole new world of possibility, not ease, just one possibility and things have never been better. Well, I already told you who's doing it. They reveal the saga of Cyclops and his hand picked squad of mutant powerhouses. Havoc. Corsair? Vulcan, Marvel Girl, <laughs> Rachel Summers, Kid Cable, and of course Wolverine. Can we talk about that team for a second? It's the entire Summers family plus Wolverine. Pretty much. That's weird. Yeah, and I don't give a crap about Vulcan. 
I don't either. And I, and I think he's also dead. <laughs> yeah, but I, I hoped he was. Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, like, this is your flagship X-Men book, The Summer's Family Adventures. That is crazy. I don't know what to make of it, but next up is New Mutants number one in November, written by Hickman and Ed Brisson for issue one. Then Hickman will write the rest of the first arc Ed Brisson will take over after. Penciled by Rod Rice, the next generation claims the future. The classic New Mutants, Sunspot, Wolvesbane, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cypher get together with a few new friends, Chamber and Mondo. Oh, man, I love Chamber and Mondo. <laughs> to seek out Mondo. To seek out their missing member and share the good news. A mission that takes them into space alongside the Star Jammers, but not Corsair, because he's with the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. So, yeah. Uh, I, I love these characters. I do, too. I love, I love this these group. characters, too. I am a little tired of them being the new mutants at this point. I, I've been arguing it's time for them to graduate and be ex-peeps for a long time. Yeah, sure. And, I mean, come on. It's just a classic title. Marauders, written by Jerry Duggan, penciled by Matteo Lolly. On sale, also in October. Here is your solicit. The X-Men sail at dawn. I have no idea what's going on here. Even in this glorious new dawn, mutant kind faces hardships and oppression from their human counterparts, led by Captain Kate Pride. Who is that? Kitty Pride. Kate? Kitty Pride. Okay. And funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Company, Marauders Storm, Pyro, Bishop, and Iceman sail the seas of the world to protect those hated and feared. I will say that this makes more sense. What in the? Having read uh, House of X number one, knowing what's going on and where they are. The idea that the that this group is like out at sea protecting mutants. Like, um, I get at it. Sea? Yeah, they're like on a boat. Okay. No, but I mean, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Excalibur number one, written by Teeny Howard, with art by Marcus Toe, on sale in October. A new day is forged. Mutant kind has always been special, as has their relationship with the world or worlds around them. What? As this new era dawns, a new connection forms between mutants and the magic of the world and that of Otherworld. Can the new Captain Britain, Betsy Braddock, forge a new way through the chaos with her companions Rogue, Gambit, Jubilee, Richter, and Apocalypse? Okay, what are they doing? What's going on here? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I love Betsy, and I love that Betsy's back to being Betsy. Her psychic sword looks like Excalibur. It's awesome. I don't like her as Captain Britain. No way. I'm into it. I want Captain Britain. Captain Britain's still out there. They showed him Brian. in War of the Realms. He's like in charge of that magical academy. He's like in British Hogwarts. Yeah, but he's not Captain Britain. He is Captain Britain. He was dressed as Captain Britain. Uh, he was sh shuffling people around through portals and stuff. And what the hell... Apocalypse? Yeah. What the frig? I don't know. Uh, Fallen Angels, number one, written by Brian Edward Hill, penciled by Sizimon Kudransky. It's on sale in November, and here's your solicit. Not all belong in paradise. Psylocke finds herself in this new world of mutant kind, unsure of her place in it. Not Betsy, my No, Quanin, the... The, the ninja body. Yeah. But when a face from her past returns only to be killed, she seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance. Who feel similar to get vengeance. What a bad sentence. She seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance. Kid Cable. Uh, I, keep, I keep, every time they mention Cable, I keep inserting Kid because okay. it's Kid Cable. Kid Cable, X-23 joined Quanon for a personal mission that could jeopardize all mutant kind. I'm guessing this is a mini series. No, these are all ongoings. This is an ongoing? Mm -hmm. Man, I don't think I care about that at all. We'll see. Uh, I don't care about Quanon. I don't Look, care. These are all like Hickman handpicked teams. I get it. Like his direction. I He's just, like overseeing this whole thing. I get it. I just think the least, the, the least interesting thing to me about Betsy Braddock was when she was in Ninja Body. And now that she is separated from Ninja Body, I don't care about Ninja Body. It can go the fuck away. <laughs> okay. <right>? Well, <laughs> I guess this is, is their Quanin, way of having their cake and eating it too. like a full on mutant? Yeah. So she was transported into a mutant body, but had her powers. Um, I mean, I don't really know. Like I don't Quanin's really power? know the what whole history do? of Quanon. What the hell does Quanon do? I think she's got Psylocke powers. God. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Finally, we have X-Force number one, written by Benjamin Percy, with art by Joshua Kassara. It's on sale in November. The cost of the future ain't cheap, bub. <laughs> 
The X-Force is the CIA of the mutant world. One half intelligence branch, one half special ops. Beast, Jean Grey, and Sage on one side. Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino on the other. In a perfect world, there would be no need for an X-Force. We're not there. Dot, dot, dot. Yet. I like this idea. I think it's, it's cool on paper, but you'll notice. Okay, so we're using Jean Grey in two books now. We're using Wolverine in two books now. Yeah. Kid Omega and Domino, fine, whatever. But there's like so many mutants that we could use in here. Do we really need to recycle? Or are they being careful to sell books? Probably six and one half dozen. The yeah, other. right. Yeah. I mean, like, why not put, you know, Warpath in here or, sure. or something? Bring back some well, of the look, If your team is Beast, Sage, Kid Omega, and Domino, good luck. Yeah, you're selling not gonna, that book. You're not going to sell any books. So. Obviously. I mean, I get it. I mean, couldn't we get Kid Cable in this book, too? He's on, like, three, you know? <laughs> I don't know, man. I. I'm going to have to see some of this stuff in execution is all I'm saying. I am excited to at least try them all because I want to see this world come together. I do too. And Hickman said, Hickman said, if this is popular, if this is a, a success, then it sets the stage for literally years worth Great. of X-Men stories. They already have phase two of the new titles planned. Right. I, I'm hoping for the best here. Give it to me. I'm hoping for the best. I read, look, I read House of X number one, and then they announced all this shit at San Diego. Uh, that order might be switched there, but uh, no, I think, yeah, that's right. That, no, like, because the Hickman panel was like on Saturday. No, it was, yeah, but Friday night they made the announcements and then they had the Hickman panel on Saturday. Yeah, but we like, I didn't read House of X until after that is what I'm saying. Oh, I gotcha. Um, but based on that information and then seeing how it all starts to come together in House of X, I'm, I've never been more excited. My interest is definitely peaked. I, I mean, like I haven't been about this excited about the X-Men in years. I just, I got super excited when I read it and we'll talk about it in a minute here, but then I read these and I went, uh, mm, I mean, we'll see. I, I wasn't as excited when I read this list. I trust him. I trust him. I want to trust him. That's all the comic news I have. That's it. There was no other comic book news. We covered it all. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent of it. Uh, you might, it might surprise you to find out that it's really hard to keep track of Comic-Con news when things get posted like once every five good minutes. Good God. Yeah. And like, no one is doing a good job of like, here's everything. Here's a list. <laughs> right. Here's just a list of everything. <laughs> yeah. Let's move, let's move on to movies and TV. Young Justice and Doom Patrol have both been renewed. It looks like the series will air simultaneously on the DC Universe app and the new HBO Max app. So they fixed DC their Universe problem. is not going away. Because we were saying... Obviously, they've got to do something. You can't just have it on DC Universe. HBO Max is their answer to get it out yeah, to HBO more people. HBO Max is the Warner Media, great idea, all inclusive thing. Now, let me ask you a question: You belong to DC Universe. Does it piss you off that they're airing this in two different places and you're paying for one of them there? No, I don't care. You don't care? No. Okay. Because for me, DC Universe is worth it just for the comics. Gotcha. If all the video content went away tomorrow, I would be like, fine. I'm I'm surprised it didn't, and they didn't just say we're switching to HBO Max. And, and I'll I, probably still subscribe to HBO Max. To I have be honest. a feeling that's where we end up. Maybe. So this is probably testing that water, but it's good if it keeps these shows alive and keeps them around. Doom Patrol is great. I'm very happy about that. I'm fine with or Titans. They announced is going there too, didn't they? Titans has already been renewed. I don't remember seeing a ton of Titans news. Oh, this no, weekend. but I think Titans is going to be an HBO Max. Act I think well. all of the DC Universe shows are going to be on. Okay. It's just the, the news that they would put the new episodes of Doom Patrol on both apps is what right. was announced. We got our full-length Picard trailer. And mm. seven of nine is there. Mm. And so as Troy and Riker are maybe going to be there. No, the Troy and Riker are there. But they're and not Brent Spiner is there, but I don't, I don't know if he's regulars. playing Data. And I don't think they're regulars. I think no, they they're going to appear. Up. Well, I mean, it's going to be a it's it's going to be a short. Right. 13 episode season or whatever. I yeah. mean, they're not, they'll have an arc or an appearance. I'm saying that's data. I hope it's data. That is data. Because the last time we saw that character, he had been destroyed. And the kid, the new one was all childish. And there was whatever. like the little kid version. Yeah. Yeah. But the he, little kid mentality. He opens the drawer and he's like, data gave his life for me. I think that was a scene from Star Trek Nemesis. With the drawer? Yeah. Cause I they, so. cause they found those data parts and they put them back together. But that turned out not to be data. That turned out to be lore. No, it wasn't Lore. Lore's Data's brother. Yeah. This was a third version of Data oh, with, that's like, right. with, with like a childlike mind. That's right. I forget his name. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Baby I don't data. know. It was Baby Data. Baby Data. Yeah. yeah. I hope it's real Data. Data Baby. I hope it's all yellow eyes. I think it is. I don't think, you, I don't think you do this. I don't think you get this many of these actors to pop back up and like 
tickle our next generation pickles and they go, nope, it's not data. No, yeah, there's right. no point. Right. I, I feel that way as well. Um, do you give a shit about the Harley Quinn I cartoon? I do not trailer? give a shit about it. All right, let's okay. move on. But I will say this. They've gone out of their way to make Harley Quinn so young girl friendly and really push her as this heroine for younger girls. And here you go. And then we get an animated mature trailer. So messaging, guys. Come on. What are we doing here? Well, look, there are kid versions of Batman, too. And there's also a comic with Batman's dick in it. I get that. So, but they, all, they pulled that right away. D- DC's, DC having different versions of different characters is nothing new. And the, the young girl-friendly version of Harley Quinn is really exclusive to DC's superhero girls. I suppose. Like, the, there's nothing especially youth-friendly about the ongoing Harley Quinn comic. Well, you know what? They've dialed back the like short shorts and butt cheeks hanging out yeah, and maybe. shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't We're right back there now. <laughs> uh, moving on to something I do want to talk about. The CW's upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover uh, had some pretty big announcements. Tom Welling and Brandon Routh are both returning as different versions of Superman. Sorry. Brandon, Brandon Routh, Routh is, Routh is already, already in the character. <laughs> what are they doing? I don't know. He's already the Adam. I don't know. They did the same thing with... Uh, so it's somewhere he's like impersonating Superman, right? No. Oh, so they're going to go to a he, world He had him. They had him up Superman on stage. Oh, they had him up on stage and he opens up his shirt and he's wearing the Kingdom Come Superman shirt. Silly. Uh, well, but they did the same thing. They're just asking you to go with it. Right. Because they did the same thing with John Wesley Shipp, who was the actor that played the Flash in the yes. 90s. Yes. Um, he appeared on the modern day Flash show as, great. as Jay Garrick. It was great. But then last year when they did Elseworlds, he showed up as the Flash. So they're just like, wink. We know you know who all it right, is. All right, right. All right. All right. Uh, That's cute. Also, Burt Ward, who played. Robin on the Batman Adam West series yeah. and Linda Carter, the 1970s Wonder Woman will also somehow appear in it. I don't know if they're going to be the characters. I think this is, I mean, I know you're excited about this. Shit. Linda Carter also is a character. I am a CW already. She was the president on Supergirl. Oh, for really? A couple of seasons. I yeah. didn't know that. Yes. Oh, the Matt, these shows are so joyful. I don't understand what your problem is. I just like the flash. I like the flash and I like, uh, you need to watch legends of tomorrow. I like starting from season black two. lightning. And that has nothing to do with any of this. I think at the end of crisis on infinite earth, it's all going to be one earth. I kind of hope so. I better be It's stupid if they don't. Yeah. Especially if they're going to, this seems like the way to fix all that. Right. And if you don't, why did you do it? Yes, exactly. What is the exact point? And that's how the crisis on infinite earths ends. All the earths get mashed together. Right. Right. Supergirl dies. <laughs> so does the Flash. Hey, Walking Dead fans, just when you thought you'd had enough Rick Grimes, guess what? He's back, but in a theatrical feature film. Huh. All right. Here's the thing. Okay. Tell me the thing. Viewership on The Walking Dead is still very good. Sure. I'm not saying I'm not saying the show's a piece of shit and it's in trouble. It has trended down a little bit. Naturally. It's about to start its 10th season. Right. Fear the Walking Dead ratings, not quite as good. And there's going to be a third show. And there's going to be a third show and a movie. This is officially overkill. It was overkill when they announced Fear the Walking Dead. It's officially overkill and it's going to bite him in the butt. Calling my shot. You might be right. I don't care either way. I stopped watching The Walking Dead years ago. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I still check in every once in a while and it's still a perfectly good show. I'm sure. But it's just I, it is exactly what you remember it being. I stopped it, reading the comic too. It, it was just like, you know what? Formulaic. I've had my fill. It's like, oh, you thought they were in bad trouble last time. <gasps> well, now they're in really bad trouble. Ah! <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I got it. Hey, hey, you know? <laughs> Here's some weird news. Deadline is reporting that Joe and Anthony Russo are developing as producers live action adaptations of Grimjack. Fuck. Yes. And Battle of the Planets <laughs> as live action projects for their production company. I mean, like, to both. Agbo. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm so into this. Grimjack <laughs> is the 1983 creation of John Ostrander and Tim Truman. I loved it. I love me some Grimjack. First published by First Comics in I a solo series in 1984. Got my giant Grimjack hardcover right down there. I love it. <laughs> uh, Amazon is developing this as a TV series with writer Kevin Murphy. Uh, every time I see Kevin Murphy's name, I think of the Kevin Murphy that wrote for MST3K. Yeah. I don't think this is actually the voice of, uh, I don't think Trump, it's the guy of Tom Servo. <laughs> right. I don't know. Hey, although I hope it is. Maybe. <laughs> Just always working. Battle of the Planets is based on the Tatsuo Yoshida Japanese series, Science Ninja Team Gachaman from 1973. Yes, it is. It was called G-Force here in the States. Yeah, it was. 
that was one of the first anime series to be syndicated on American cable television in the late 70s. The Russos announced it would be developed as a feature film that they might direct. This makes me want to scream. <laughs> this is like this is like five-year-old Matt in Waco, Texas, watching the, this shit on TV and just being like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I'm glad that these guys are moving oh, on to I projects that they care I about. I love it. Oh. All right. Look, the biggest news of the weekend came from Hall H when Marvel Studios blew the roof off the place with their MCU Phase 4 announcements. Matt, why don't you start us off by talking about some of these Disney Plus shows. Westworld's Jeffrey Wright will voice the Watcher in the upcoming What If Animated series on Disney Plus, which launches in the summer of 2021. A host of MCU actors will reprise their roles for the show. I think this is going to be a blast. I'm so excited there's, about this cartoon. There's, there's no rules. No, there's no rules. Do whatever you want. Uh, Let's they, have fun. they announced a whole list of, of characters coming back and it's like Sebastian Stan and yeah. uh, uh, Haley Atwell and, and whoever, whoever they did not say that Chris Evans was going to be there. <laughs> so I think that the, what if there's telling is what if Peggy Carter becomes Captain America? Yeah, no, we already heard that, which is weird because she's British, but whatever we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, 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 no. Maybe she becomes Captain Britain. Oh, hey. Hey. Uh, or Union Jack. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hope she's Union Jack. <laughs> the upcoming Loki series was confirmed to Union Jane, I guess. Union Jane, sure. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, or would it be Union Jill? Because it's Jack and Jill, right? Union Jill? Maybe okay, Union sure. Jane. Fine. I don't know. Union Jill. The upcoming Loki series was confirmed to feature the story of where Loki went after escaping with the Tesseract in Avengers Endgame. No shit. Again. What else could it have been? This would be great. Yeah. It's going to be a ton of fun. Very cool. The rumored Hawkeye series starring Jeremy Renner was officially announced for fall 2021 has been confirmed. The young hero he will be training is indeed Kate Bishop. I'm very happy about this of because course in the movie, in Endgame, he's training his daughter. Yeah. So when they were, they were like Hawkeye training a protege to become a hero. I was like, oh, are they going to do his daughter? Yeah. But Kate, awesome. Thumbs yeah. up, thumbs up. Totally awesome. The Falcon and Winter Soldier show got a new logo that incorporates Captain America's shield. It's very slick. Star Anthony Mackie confirmed that he was tested out in the cap suit or a version of the Captain America suit. And he said it's awesome. So he's cap with wings. Mm -hmm. You better be. Daniel Bruhl will reprise his role as Zemo. Love including it. donning a version of his comic book costume. I love it. They showed a very blurry. Uh, for actually, first look of Cap and of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier came out today. Yeah. And it's just like a close up of Daniel Bruhl's face. He looks great. And then a very fuzzy photo where he is clearly wearing that stupid pink hood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't I, wait. I love it. I love it. I love it. The, sh uh, the show debuts in the fall. That of was one of my only problems with Winter Soldier was they waste like the character of Zemo. I was so Civil excited. War. Pardon me. Civil War. I was so excited to have him there. And then like he just kind of. No, know, I thought it was brilliant. He won. I mean, he won. He I won. Suppose, he destroyed the Avengers. But we never got to see him put on the costume. We no. never got to see any of that. He just like, you know, he was a, like a minor bad guy. I went like when Baron Zemo shows up. Fuck, dude. Watch out. <laughs> what if they introduce the Thunderbolts? No, settle down. Come on. No way. Phase five, baby. <laughs> that'll, that'll be phase eight. <laughs> on to the movies. The cast of Marvel Studios Eternals has been revealed by studio president Kevin Feige. Eternals is described by Feige as full on Jack Kirby. Yeah, baby. I'm not going to let him say full Jack Kirby. That's dumb. Give full him a on. full Jack Kirby. Game of Thrones, Richard Madden, who played Rob Stark, will play Icarus. Love that dude. With Ma Dong Sek, also known as, known as Don Lee, is going to play Gilgamesh. Several other actors were also confirmed, but without stating their roles. We've got Angelina Jolie, Kamel Nanjani, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Tyree Henry, Salma Hayek, Leah McHugh. And Leah McHugh doesn't make bad movies. Who's Leah McHugh? I don't know. Right. <laughs> Eternals is now scheduled to hit theaters in November 6, 2020. It sounds like it. I mean, from what they're saying, we don't know yet. But from what they're saying, it sounds like it's going to be just as bonkers as we need this to be. Yeah, I'm curious about who um, Salma Hayek and Angelina Jolie are playing, because I think the rumor, the, the current front running rumor is that Jolie is playing uh, Cersei, right? Fina. Oh, Fina. who is like the main, like yeah. Icarus's main squeeze, right? right the right, main right. female eternal. Right. Uh, which w would better make Salma Hayek Cersei, because... Actually, they could interchange those roles and I wouldn't yeah, care. I don't think it would matter. I'd be fine with either but, one. But uh, yeah, Cersei better be there. 
The cast of the now in production Black Widow joined Feige on stage to show off early footage from the film, including a look at a skull faced Taskmaster. Though I did hear online that it may not have actually been Taskmaster. Bullshit. It's Taskmaster. No way. This is what I read. Bullshit. The class includes Johansson reprising her role, of course, as well as newcomers to the MCU, David Harbour as Alexi, a.k.a. the Red Guardian. Weird. I fucking <laughs> love the Red Guardian. <laughs> Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, who was the blonde Black Widow. Right. It just says Yelena, but it's got to be Yelena Belova. Of course it is. O.T. Fagbenel? O.T. Fajbenle as Mason and Rachel Weiss as Melina. So we've got Melina and Yelena. I think I like Fagbenle a lot more. <laughs> Sorry, O.T. Uh, I'm not like, I'll see it, of course, and I'll enjoy it. But Black Widow's not really like high on my I don't know, man. scale. When I heard that the Taskmaster is going to be the bad guy and stuff, mm, I'm heavy into that. that I am into the Taskmaster. Crazy fucking martial arts. And this should be fun. I hope that it's not... I know they said it's a prequel. It is. But I, I want them to tie this to the modern day because Avengers Endgame did Natasha dirty. Well, you know they can't resist doing something. Yeah. They're going to do something here. I yeah. don't know what it is. And maybe this all takes place while she's in the Soul Stone thinking like, Ooh, maybe. thinking back. Hey, we'll you see. never know. The Shang-Chi film is officially titled Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. What do you think those ten rings are about, Joe? Oh, I know what they're what about. What do you think they're about? I know what they're about. We know what they're about. <laughs> Simu Liu has been cast in the title role. Looks with the, great. With the actor saying that he screen tested for the role last Sunday in New York and was hired on Tuesday. Liu is best known as a star of CBC's Kim's Convenience. I don't know what a that is. A very famous Canadian sitcom. Yeah. Recently guest starred in ABC's Fresh Off the Boat. Iconic actor Tony Leung will play the Mandarin. Yeah. The real fucking mandarin yeah baby as opposed to the doppelganger and iron man 3 i think it just makes so much sense yes you do the mandarin you can't do fu manchu no they can't you just and can't. i think that i think they they and may if you they, also shouldn't do fu manchu no 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 that's <laughs> fu manchu is super racist yeah some problematic shit uh i i don't know if they actually said it out loud but i think the prevailing theory is that the mandarin replaces fu manchu as shang chi's father yeah, I'm sure. That, and that's fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Absolutely fine. Aquafina also joined the film. I, I love her. Love her. Her role is unspecified. Shang-Chi was announced for February 12th, 2021 release. Simu Liu actually, like, he willed this into existence. He did. He, like... He'd been con tweeting he at Marvel. He tweeted at Marvel, like, eight years ago. Seriously. And was like... <laughs> no, it was, like, two years ago. Oh, when, maybe two years When ago. people were talking about Danny Rand, and they're like, he should be Asian. And he was like... No way, man. Shang-Chi is your Asian superhero. Hey, let me play Shang-Chi. I know karate. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he looks the part, man. He like, looks perfect. Look, Shang-Chi was obviously patterned after Bruce Lee. Right. But if we can't have the ghost of Bruce Lee to play Shang-Chi, then this guy is a close fucking second. Or the ghost of Brandon Lee. Mm, nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> The long-planned sequel to 2016's Doctor Strange has a name, a release date, and a surprising co-star. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, boy. Ah, oh, boy. It's scheduled to hit theaters May 7th, 2021, taking the studio's prized first weekend in May release date. Benedict Cumberbund will be joined by a fellow Avenger in the film, Elizabeth Olsen, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, with the film tying into disney plus's wandavision i cannot believe they're going with that title it sucks so it's bad it's the dumbest fucking title in fact wandavision directly leads up to dr strange 2 they said christ it's such a dumb title uh and that show is set for a spring 2021 release co-writer director scott derrickson is confirmed to be returning for the film which he calls the first scary mcu film i'm in nightmare is the villain totally in Dear white people's tayona paris has been cast as the adult monica rambo Ooh. Who will also appear in WandaVision. Ah! <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. Um, I don't know at all. Now, let me ask you this. Does this have to do with something that they did while they were in the blip? Well, nobody was in the blip. Well, but I they mean, were like, just gone. When they, they were dead. When they were, but were they dead? They were, were they dead? They were dead. That was the whole point. Are you sure they were dead? Or did they go somewhere? What does that mean? Like Wanda what? and him both got turned into dust. And Wanda came back. The Vision didn't come back because he got killed before the blip, speaking just of, like Loki. Speaking of being done dirty in the last movie, mm. we didn't even get a mention of the Vision. I know. Wanda's feeling much better. Not even an R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. Not even in, in, I think he did get an in, an in memoriam slide in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, yeah, that's, true. that's true. That's <laughs> true. Mahershala Ali 
will play the, news of the weekend. The title role in the new Marvel Studios Blade film. I don't even fucking care when it comes out. I know or what it's called. I, can't, I, I Oh my god, <laughs> this is so awesome. <laughs> like there was part of me that was like, I know he's old man. But Wesley Snipes can still kick ass. I was going to say. The, Tom Cruise is 56 years old. The only person that hates this is Wesley Snipes. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Wesley Snipes just guest starred on uh, an episode of What We Do in the Shadows, where they had the, <laughs> yeah, the vampire the council, council and they yes. had him on Skype. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like Danny Trejo, like, well, he's a day walker. He can walk during the day. He's also a vampire killer. But he's half vampire, so he's in. And, and Danny Trejo goes, yeah, well, excuse me if I listen to half of what he has to fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this news is so great. The movie writes itself. Mm. Yep. Okay. Marshall Ali has swords, fight vampires. Go. Right. That's all we need. Yeah. That is all we need. Although you gotta have Dracula. You have to do Dracula. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Here's the thing. What they can, they can totally do it. I think that for film, Universal Studios might own the rights to Dracula, even though he's like a literary character from the eight, from like the yeah, late 1800s. We, I mean, we got friggin' Quicksilver and Quicksilver. Yes, you know, but quick. There's precedent for that because Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were both Avengers for a really long time. I get it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I hope they can do Dracula. That would be nice. Yeah. Although they did do Dracula and Blade Three, yeah, which did not work out totally. All right, listen. This was, was probably the biggest I news. Think Blade of the Three weekend. was also Universal Studios, though. No, it was Fox. Did Fox do Blade? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Natalie Portman is returning as Jane Foster and taking on the mantle of Thor. In the just announced Thor 4, which is officially titled Thor Love and Thunder. It's got a logo that looks like it's been airbrushed on the side of a van. Big time. Oh, my God. The film will co-star the returning Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson as the other Thor and Valkyrie, respectively. It was also confirmed that Thompson's Valkyrie will be the MCU's first LGBTQ character. Sorry, Matt. I know you were gunning for Hercules. I wanted Herc to be so gay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is scheduled for a November 5th, 2021 release. Here's I have mixed feelings about this, and it's Why? not because I don't want a female Thor. I'm fine with a female Thor. I have mixed feelings because Natalie Portman. She wasn't great. She, first of all, wasn't great. I don't think she's a very good actress, personally. She also bitched and moaned to get out of her Marvel contract after Thor 2 because she was, like, tired of it and she didn't want to do it anymore and, like, was kind of shitty about it, reportedly. And then. When it got really, really cool to be in Marvel movies again, especially <laughs> Thor ones, she's back. Yeah. We'll see. I mean. Uh, I think it's so great, though, that they're doing the Jane Foster. I role. think it's cool. I think it's very cool. I don't know. Would that- you have been okay if they had just completely recast Jane Foster? Yep. That'd be fine with it. I mean, they did it to Rhodey. Wouldn't bother me at they all. They did it to Bruce Banner. Right. Wouldn't bother me at all. Give me mm. a different Jane Foster. Mm. I don't like Natalie Portman. I don't know that she can pull this off. I really don't. That's a good point. We'll I see. I think there's a lot of other women that could pull this off that I would like to see in that role. Fair enough. Time will tell. All of these projects are for release in 2020 and 2021. That's just the next two years. Holy crap. So there are plenty more announcements on the way. Probably get a bunch next month at the D23 Expo. I mean, we know Fantastic Four, obviously. Well, Faggy name dropped several other upcoming films that were not talked about in depth. Uh, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians 3, Black Panther 2. He mentioned the Fantastic Four. And then he said the word mutants. And then he also said, I think at some point he said that he uses the term mutants generically to refer to the X-Men. Oh, bullshit. Well, what else would he mean? Just, I mean, he's just saying shit. What else would he mean? But there, there's also rumblings that they're waiting five years before they do anything with the X-Men. After Nobody could possibly know that. That's well, just, People are just making shit I know, up. I know. Well, that's rumor is. So yeah. Now, if, if first we have to see if New Mutants ever comes out. So Oh, New Mutants. I don't think that movie will see the light of Holy day. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, now, conspicuously <laughs> absent from the announcements or any mention at all were any form of Ant-Man or a third Spider-Man movie. Now, what I'd heard about the Spider-Man situation is that they have to wait until far from home reaches a certain benchmark before uh, Sony will like, okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm sure there's weird rules with Sony. There's a bunch of weird rules. You know, you're getting another Spider-Man. Of course we're getting another Spider-Man movie. Ant-Man three. I don't know. We'll see. Those movies are great and they beloved, are. but are they like the smash bang successes? I think they made money. I think they do well. They made a lot of money because they were cheaper to make. 
But it's also the great things about the great thing about the Ant-Man movies is that they are also uh, they're like a nice salve. Yeah. At the end Absolutely. of a phase. Right. Like. Right. Uh, Age of Ultron came out and it was like, oh, my God. So dour. Yeah. So many people died. The island fell from the sky. And then it's like, Ant-Man, we're cool. San Francisco, baby. Right. <laughs> Everything's fine. Well, and Paul Rudd said, I want to do it so bad. I yeah, want to yeah. do it so bad. So, yeah. I mean, I have a feeling. I have a feeling, too. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Studios, they showed up at San Diego. They did an hour's worth of work and everyone lost their fucking minds. Unbelievable. They brought out all the cast on stage. Taika Waititi handed Jane Foster a Mjolnir. Yeah. And like, it was so full of wonderful, like, camera-ready moments. And, like, I don't know if they've just got the formula and they're rolling with they've it. They've definitely got the and, formula. And we're just like, yep, keep feeding me, and I'll just keep getting fat and loving it, But it totally worked on me. At, yeah. at first, like, I don't know, when, it, when I first just looked at the timeline they put up, and it's like this, and then this, and then this, and this, I was like, I mean, sure. I know we're going like 2021 here. Twenty twenty one, whatever. Has and then three movies they, and I think three shows. Yes. And then they started making the announcements of who is doing stuff, who is in stuff, what's going to happen with stuff. Yeah. And I one hundred percent in. I cannot wait. Here's a weird thing that I was thinking about at the end of Endgame. Thor leaves with the Guardians, right? But Thor four comes out before Guardians three. Yeah. I mean, they have so to. What's going to happen there? It's going to set it up. Obviously, hmm. it's going to set it up. How? Thor's with them. You think the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in Thor 4 when yep. the crux of the movie is about Jane Foster? Yes, I do. Okay. In some facet, I absolutely do. All right. Because they have to keep them in our mind. It's going to be a little while before we get another Guardians. We know it's coming. Yeah. This is the perfect way to do that. Thor's gone. He's not around anymore. He's not worthy. Somebody has to be Thor. Now he's still worthy, though. We know he's still worthy. Something's going to happen. But he kind of gave up Mjolnir. Mjolnir, well, yeah. Mjolnir got destroyed right. in Ragnarok. The version that he used in Endgame was from the past. It mm -hmm. got sent back. Is Jane Foster going to have a Mjolnir? Is she going to re yeah. reform Mjolnir? No. Or she's going to have a it. different hammer? It's going to be a different. It'll be a different Mjolnir. And I think they're going to, if they play it straight, it's going to be, okay, Odin, you, uh, we're sick of this crap. Odin is dead. All mother is taken over. And the all mother thinks it's time for a female Thor. Here's your hammer, baby. You're in charge, Jane. Go. Ma'am. Okay. The all mother. Sure. No, they're going to do it. I'm telling you. Okay, but except both Odin and his wife, who is the All-Mother, are dead. Yeah. God style the time. <laughs> God, how many times Loki died? Come all on. right, all right. Listen, we have got <laughs> too much to get through. Holy crap. That is your San Diego Comic-Con Nerd News Roundup. I guarantee we probably missed several other San Diego Comic-Con moments. There was a Witcher preview trailer. Oh, I if saw you, the Witcher trailer. You nerds want to talk about Looks that. great. Speaking of gay heroes. <laughs> Man, does he look gay. <laughs> I'm just saying that because I made my Witcher fuck every dude. Because oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you're going to try and act that tough, guess what? So hit us up this weekend on THN cover to cover. We're going to make it work. I've tested everything. It's working. I promise. And it is live this Saturday from Don't 1130 place any bets. to 1230 Central Standard Time. It is like AM talk radio, but it is for you nerds. And it's without all the uh, San Diego fuzzy bullshit. So, yeah. None of that concrete. Yeah, we're cutting all that. You can call us at 402-819-4894, or you can click the call now button on our Facebook page. You cannot be there live. Please leave us a message or send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. We play them on the show. And as always, if you're watching us live on Facebook Live, chat with us we'll chat back with you yeah baby. it's a good time and if you can't wait for saturday go to the forums go yeah. to the forums and yell at They're us about always whatever there. yeah thnforums.boards.net take off all your clothes and go to the forums we won't know because it's online you know it's true Cowboy theme party ain't over yet. No siree, Bob. Joe and I purchase plans for building matching Masters of the Universe robot steeds. And man, are these suckers cool. Joe, you mount Stridor, and I'll be riding Night Stalker while we rope and wrangle 10 of this week's new comics for the goddamn ludicrous speed round. Ludicrous speed, <laughs> go! Sorry, I felt appropriate.
Archie versus Predator 2, number one from Archie. Alex DeCampi writes the weirdest script I can possibly it's, think of here. It's so meta, it's almost too meta. So much so that I got to a point where I thought that they were actually trying to convince me that something was going on in the script that was going to erase Archie from the world that I live in. Collective consciousness. <laughs> yes! Not to mention the fact that Archie is a predator. What the fuck is happening? I think that must be something from the first one because no they clue. said it, was, he, it wasn't really Archie. He was talking in the predator emojis. Right. I don't get it. I don't know what happened and they don't reset anything in the no, beginning. No, they don't. Leave it. Oof. House the of X! The art was beautiful. The art was great. The Robert Hack. Is Robert Hack, very yeah. good. House of X, or better yet, Hox. <laughs> Number one from Marvel. Jonathan Hickman is here to save the X-Men and thank God for that. Don't ask me to explain this issue though. You just have to experience it for itself for yourself. It's not that I didn't understand it or find it hard to follow, but even recapping it would just be yeah. nothing but spoilers. It's crazy. There's so much to unpack and so many hints and pieces of lore tucked into every corner. There's like a dozen of his weird infographics. Oh, he can't get enough of that. It's shit. the most Hickmanian Hickman comic in months. There's a secret message in the back, too. I know. It's already been translated. Oh, has it? Okay, yes. good, because I wasn't smart enough to figure uh, it out. Yeah, go to Bleeding Cool. And that is an absolute comic uh, compliment about it being the most Hickmaniest thing. Oh, Because yeah. I just love that shit. It's great. Pepe Larraz and color artist Marde Gracia deliver stunning work. This series is going to change the game not only for the X-Men, but also for the Marvel Universe for years to come. And yeah. make no mistake, Hickman makes a point to establish that this series takes place firmly in current continuity. Not everything is explained. Not everything makes sense yet. But House of X number one has me more excited for the X-Men than I've been in years. I'm giving it a huge buy-in. Cover to cover. I want to talk about this one big time. I want to hear from Sean X. I want to hear from all you X-Nerds. Let's dig into this. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about this. History of the Marvel Universe number one from Marvel. Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez give us what someone else coined the most beautiful Wikipedia entry you've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for what we got here. It literally is. It reads like a textbook yes. in comic book. It form. is an illustrated textbook that shows the history of the Marvel Universe. It does explain some little things here and there that maybe need a little explanation and it's, that we didn't have. It is a deep dive, too. This is super deep. And you know what? I loved it. It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I'm giving it a huge buy it when this is all said and done. I think it's going to be a really fun collection. It's the sort of... How should I phrase this? Uh, it's the sort of comic that's going to tickle uh, the senses of a certain kind of old school nerd like yes, myself. absolutely. Where they are like addressing stuff that they talked about in one comic book right. from 1955. And it's only ever been mentioned again in the Marvel handbook. Right. This is for assholes like us that have a podcast that talk about this shit. Yeah. I, <laughs> I loved it. I loved if it. If you're that asshole, buy it. Fearless, number one from Marvel. Yeah, I am that asshole. <laughs> this anthology series brings together a host of female creators to tell short stories about the women of Marvel Comics. The main story by Shannon McGuire, Claire Rowe, and Rachel or Rochelle Rosenberg features Captain Marvel, Storm, and the Invisible Woman, who each have their own misgivings about being invited to speak at a summer camp. Millie the Model makes her return to the runway, courtesy of Leah Williams. About goddamn time. Nina Vacueva and Rochelle Rosenberg. Then Kelly Thompson... Carmen Carnero and Tamara Bonvillain bring the unlikely team up between Jessica Jones and Elsa Bloodstone. Can I just say that I love Elsa Bloodstone? I do too. I totally love her. Me too. I wanted a Bloodstone book. Yes. Where they just go hunt monsters. Oh, totally. The lead story was okay, and Millie the model was charming and sweet, but I'm definitely coming back for whatever weird nonsense Thompson and Carnero are setting up in their story. We always say that anthologies are a mixed bag. Fearless number one was a lot of fun. I'm giving it a buy it. Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number one from Marvel. I wasn't really sure what we were going to get here, seeing as we've already seen Jane Foster as Thor before, but Jason Aaron and Al Ewing do a very good job of making sure this is a very different experience for Jane. And I love her weird Morningstar weapon. It's awesome. <laughs> the all weapon. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Mm -hmm. I like the tone shift here, and it didn't bother me that Jane is Valkyrie now. I do wish they would introduce the other Valkyrie, and maybe there will be more Valkyries. The art by Kafu is wonderful. It was beautiful. That dude is so stupid talented. I loved watching the Valkyrie beat up a group of, like, Jim, like, fucking... Uh, Blue Streak is a character, a real character Blue from Streak the is. 80s. The yeah, rest of them were all kind of made up, though, right? The rest of them were, like, Blue Streak was, like, he had one successful score. Right. And he's like, 
I'm going to take this show on the road. Right. And I'm going to assemble a whole team of Blue Streaks. But they were like gym rat bros. Yeah, it was like, like a real bro squad. They all showed up and they like yelled their name. They'd be like, yeah. Red Line. <laughs> like, retweet that and like me on some whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like and subscribe. <laughs> B-L-U-E Street Blue Street. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, great. It was great. This was a really good book. It I'm was giving fun. it a buy. It yeah, I'm well. giving it a buy. It. Marvel's epilogue, number one from Marvel. God, all we did was Marvel comics. I know, really. Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross reunite for the 25th anniversary of what is arguably their most famous work. We peek in on Phil Sheldon and his daughters in Manhattan to see the Christmas lights when they suddenly find themselves, as Phil Sheldon always did, in the middle of a superhero battle between the X-Men and the Sentinels. It's wonderful. Of course it is. That old Sheldon luck. That old Sheldon luck. <laughs> and Alex Ross is better than he has ever been. But the story, like, it took seeing this story to make me realize that I've only been seeing dynamite covers from Alex Ross yeah. for years. Yeah. You know, he does covers for Immortal Hulk also, to be fair. But yes. Yeah. Where's this dude been? But the story only takes up 16 of yeah. the issue's 40 pages. Yep. The rest of which are filled with interviews with Busiek, Ross, and the others involved in the creation of the original series. As interesting as those interviews may be to some, a short lead story and a $5 cover price, they're just leading me to give Marvel's epilogue a strong skin. Especially, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I got to the end of the lead story and I was like, this is it? If they want to do this in a new printing of Marvel's, I'm all for it. Sure. Do it in a new printing of Marvel's where it's a whole thing and it's added with this 16-page story and the interviews. I'll buy it hey, and in. Alex Ross ain't cheap, baby. I get that. Oh, there's also a two-page, like, Mad Magazine parody, which is whatever. It was all right. Aliens Rescue, number one from Dark Horse. Brian Wood's alien story continues following one of the Marines who watched Amanda Ripley die, called in to a new mission to rescue her? What? <laughs> the story takes a Starship Troopers slash Tremors turn, with Marines killing bugs on Mars, which was weird. And while Kieran McCown's art was good, it doesn't hit the tone what I expect from an alien comic. It was like a little cartoony and almost looked humorous sometimes. Mm. I kind of wish the cover artist, Roberto De La Torre, was on the art duties because he's fan-fucking-tastic. I didn't love Wood's first alien mini, and this one so far is only off to a skimmit of a start. Mm. Batman, Curse of the White Knight, number one from DC. I was talking with our friend Chase earlier this week about catching up on the original series to Ugh, prep for the sequel. That guy, uh. <laughs> <laughs> But the sheer amount of words on the first page of the first issue uh, where I'd left off caused me to give up on the spot. It yeah. had so many words. Really? <laughs> Fortunately, writer-artist Sean Murphy says you can pick up this comic without ever having read another comic book. While that is definitely not the case, this issue actually is a big improvement over the overly written first volume, at least for now. Murphy's fantastic art, along with colorist Matt Hollingsworth, is the main draw, but if you didn't read the first series, you may be a little lost. That's why Curse of the White Knight, number one, gets a skim it. Star Pig, number one from IDW. I promise I understand the idea that this is a YA sci-fi title and it's not meant for old, angry adult children like me. I get it. But the writer needs to decide if the main character is going to speak in annoying future slang or current <laughs> annoying slang. Not fucking both, okay? Francesco Gaston is great in art and gives the story of a girl and her tardigrade a lighthearted sci-fi feel that it needs, but Delilah Dawson's dialogue kept just ripping me out of the story to the point where I had to stop reading it. I was so frustrated. Skip it, because the art's very good. <laughs> I almost rethought it. Flash 75 from DC. Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter end their epic Flash Year One storyline with even more hints about the potential restoration of classic DC continuity as Barry Allen battles not one, but two versions of the turtle. <laughs> this book is consistently great, and Howard Porter is on the top of his game. Nothing highlights how fucking stupid the Flash's costume looks with all those extra lines on it, like Howard Porter drawing the classic version. Yeah, I know. When I... In the last issue, the final pages of the last issue where you see the old school sleek Flash costume come out of that ring, I was like, fuck you, New 52. <laughs> fuck you, Jim Lee. <laughs> As with past milestone issues, we're treated to hints of the future with art by Scott Collins and Captain Cold gets his year of the villain offer from Lex Luthor with art by Christian Ducey. Ducey? As much as I think Barry was a more important character when he was dead, 
I'm, I gotta say, I'm loving the Flash right now. I'm giving it a buy it. I gotta call Christian. Deuce. Christian. Deuce. Deuce. Fucked. <laughs> that is your ludicrous speed round and fucked is the sound of someone getting their brains blasted out of their skulls as seen in the pages of Assassination Number 5. That is great. This onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by Ryan Hebrews Mount via Twitter. If you want to submit your own onomatopoeia of the week, you can blast it all over any of our social media accounts or send an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. I mean, yeah, if you, your head gets blasted, you are fucked. You're fucked. <laughs> like by definition. <laughs> This week, in the Sanctum Sanctum, we celebrate the rebirth of the X-Men by using Ileana Rasputin's old-school, small, tasteful soul sword. Not that big, damn manga soul sword she runs around with now. To open a portal to limbo and summon the spirits of some of our favorite fallen X-Men. Joe, looks like so far just uh, Mimic and Mamo Max are here, but I, I heard Thunderbird and Wolfsbane should be here anytime. We're gonna get some dead A-listers in here. This is gonna be one late party, okay? Mamo Max died? <laughs> I didn't hear. What is your pick for next week? <laughs> Had to do it. My pick for next week is Powers of Ten, number one, Pox, baby, from Pox. Marvel Comics, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by R.B. Silva. It's 56 pages for $5.99, and here is your solicit. Fear the future! See, last time it was face the future. Oh, yeah, now yeah, yeah. we're fearing it. Yeah. Fart in the future. Fart in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Superstar writer Jonathan Hickman continues his revolutionary new direction for the X-Men, intertwining with House of X, Powers of X, Powers of Ten, reveals the secret past, present, and future of mutant kind, changing the way you look at every X-Men story before and after. You do not want to miss the next seminal moment in the history of the X-Mans. I like that we, it's just already revolutionary. We don't yeah. need to wait. No. We don't need to wait. Nope. The history books have already decided. It's been written. <laughs> it's been written. We've been, we've been revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. My pick for next week is Green Lantern Annual number one from DC. It is written by Grant Morrison with art by Giuseppe Camunicoli. It is 48 pages. It is $5.99. Here is your solicit. A Green Lantern tradition is reborn when the annual Jordan family reunion takes a turn for the bizarre, leaving Hal and his nearest and dearest on the front line of a terrifying invasion from an impossible reality that's closer than you think. There's only one way for an intergalactic lawman, Hal Green Lantern Jordan, what is that about? <laughs> to prevent the ultra crime of the millennium. But what will be the outcome when Green Lantern takes on a young superhero sidekick? And who will it be? Also featuring incredible guest appearance by the strangest lantern of all. You must not miss the Green Lantern Annual. So if you thought Volcano Head Guy was the weirdest one you've seen so far, <laughs> get ready, folks. Graham Morrison does not give a shit. No, he does not. <laughs> He's having so much fun on this book. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And I feel like we haven't seen Kevin Coley for a little while. Sure we have. Have we? Yeah. Where was he? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's all over the place. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen him. All I've right. seen him. Fair enough. The THN Trade of the Week goes to GoBots, Volume 1, trade paperback from IDW, written and drawn by Tom Scioli, speaking of guys that don't give no shits. That's right. It's 128 pages for $17.99. Here is your solicit. A new spin on classic action figure nostalgia bursts off the page in this inventive nod to the titans of Golden Age comics. What? They huh? say they're here to help us, but... Are they here to replace us? A modern sci-fi epic updating the story of the classic 1980s toy line, you know, the golden age, from the mind that no, brought no, you- No, 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 I think they were saying like Scioli's creative work uh, is a nod to the golden age, the way that he writes and Sure, stuff like that, okay. You know? yeah. Well, I mean, it's good though. Yeah. Uh, brought to you from the mind that brought you Transformers versus G.I. Joe and American Barbarian. Look, man, Tom Scioli. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. he can do whatever. GoBots? Totally. Awesome. I don't care. Put it them kicks on, ass. Put them on Rainbow Bright. Oh, yeah. Give them I'd my little that. pony cartoon. Yes. Comic. I don't give a shit. Absolutely. I'm in. <laughs> These are just a few of the comics hitting the new shelves at your LCS next week. We want to hear about all the My Little Pony comics you're excited to read. Head to the THN forums. Let us know what you're reading, but also let us know what you would like to hear us review on the show. And do not forget to pre-order these picks and yours every damn week okay it's not just a hobby it's a responsibility 
Excelsior. Oh. <laughs> that is it for THM 538. And rumors are we'll be replaced with a new creative team in 539. Joe, before the scabs show up, why don't you ask these nerds a new question of the week? Cullen Bunn will be here to replace us next week. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. He's going to do both of us, too. Yeah, right. That guy, he loves to work. <laughs> this week's question was submitted by Black Scorpion, the three via the THN forums. We've talked about what our first comics are, but not our first comic shops. What was your first comic book store experience? We all remember our first time, right? I never forget, baby. If you're new to the show and you'd rather feed your phone to the SDCC Shinigami cosplayers than give us another listen, I assure you, it's only because you have not heard enough. The good news is you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box archive at 2 nerd.com. But hosting that many goddamn episodes, it ain't cheap. So we want to thank donors like our brand new patron, John Bunger. John Bunger. Never heard of him. Friend of the show. Don't know. Yeah. Nope. Certainly don't play D&D with him once a week. <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to last week's new patron, Joe Rinkley. Not only did he sign up for our Patreon, but he came back the next day and doubled his pledge. Okay, that could have been an accident, so I hope you didn't just... What a sucker. I hope you didn't just bring that to his attention. <laughs> Word to you, Joe. We appreciate you, baby. Until next time, true believers! Remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just make you stay home and host an SDCC wrap-up show instead of actually going it's a round to the up. con. Excuse me, it's a roundup. Wrap-up roundup. It's all the same. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Potato, potato. You know? <laughs> this is the Two and a Nerd signing off. You say potato. I say potato. You say <laughs> tomato. I say tomato. <laughs> tomato. <laughs>